This morning I want, I'm going to uh, take a story, well, an, an event, not a story, an event that happened and maybe that we're very familiar with, but maybe look at it and analyze it and uh, maybe get some things and thoughts from it that um, maybe we hadn't really thought about before. And as always, anything that we talk about, uh, we want to make sure that we make application to us because what's, what's the point in studying if we can't apply it to our own lives and, and be able to uh, be better than what we are. But let's look at 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, let's, let's read the text and then, then we'll talk about it. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive uh, a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from uh, the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, I am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had tore his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of Elijah's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious, and he went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the uh, Abna and the Therefar, uh, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, the prophet had told you to do something great. Would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean. So he, so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God and uh, man of God, he and all his aides, and he came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Now, we know this story. We probably know it very well of Naaman being clean. But if you, if you really look at it and you really think about each aspect of it, 
It's no different than we act today. It's no different than what we do. It's no different of how we think. Uh, when, we, when it comes to uh, forgiveness of sins, when it comes to obeying the gospel, when it comes to living for God, I don't think we act any different than Naaman does. Uh, I think we do the exact same things. And I, and I want us to look at this in that way and, and see if we actually do. Let's start here, first of all, verses 5 through 7. Notice it says, The king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothes. He brought the letter to the king of Israel. And what did, he, what did the letter say? He, he brought it to him so he could heal him of his leprosy. What did the king do when he brought that letter to him? Tore his clothes. Why did he tear his clothes and get so upset? Yeah, he couldn't hear leprosy. So here you've got Naaman that, that had leprosy. And where does he go to get healed? To the king. What's he think the king's going to do? Did he think just because he's a king, just because he's a powerful person, just because he's an influential, uh, influential person, that he's going to be able to heal him of his leprosy? I think that's what he thought. You know, it, it comes to, uh, what's the word, diplomacy maybe, to where we think sometimes we've got to uh, go to what we think may be the smartest person or what we may think is the most influential, influential person. Um, what we think the person that may have the most power here. We, we go and want to talk to them. We get advice for them. We want them to help us. If we've got some, you know, when we start looking and seeking for, uh, for God and we want to know um, how do I become a Christian? How, how, how do I get saved? Sometimes we go to the wrong person. Sometimes we, we do the wrong thing. Uh, we, we go to some, uh, we go to man. I think that's what it boils down to. We, we want to know from uh, somebody that we might think that is important to tell us how to do that. Now, I'm not knocking uh, God's messengers. God's messengers is important. I mean, that's, that's how you proclaim the gospel. That's what our responsibility is uh, as a Christian. But if somebody were to come to us, what would be our responsibility? Yeah, I can heal you of your sins. I, I can cleanse your sins. Is that the attitude we should have? Our attitude should be, no... Yeah, you, you're, you're searching the right, right way, but you come at it the wrong way. You know, you, you've got to hear the message, but when it comes to doing it, we're just the messenger. We're, we're not the one that can do anything. I tell you where I really get frustrated sometimes, and I'm going to turn this around on when people think that, that people have more power than what they do because the people start thinking that they do. Uh, I can remember talking to uh, uh, an individual one time. We were getting this particular preacher to, to come to where I was preaching at that time to do a gospel meeting. I was on the phone with him. I was talking with him, and uh, we were working out all the arrangements. And he sent, uh, he sent a letter for us to advertise with, which we didn't put the whole advertisement in there because it was three pages front and back, I think. I think it was front and back. I think the third page didn't have everything on the back. But about of what his life, his accomplishments and everything, I mean, it was just huge. He accomplished a lot of things. But one thing that struck, out, struck me was he put in there how many people he'd saved. Now think about that statement, how many people he'd saved. And, and that was really the, one, of the, one of the first, well, the first conversation I had with him, he, 
is he wasn't comfortable with the bed he was going to have at the hotel. But the next conversation I had was, you know, uh, when did he become a savior? That he said, he said, well, you know what I mean. I just wanted to let people know how many people I'd baptized. What he wanted to know is people know how important he was. And, and I got that sense the whole time I was around him. But sometimes even saying that, we, we don't realize. We're going to talk, talk about that a little more in, in our worship service. Sometimes we say things, one, that's not in the Bible, but two, uh, we don't realize how saying certain things can influence people in a certain way, but also how we can start believing those things and it influence us in a certain way. So one, Naaman here is going to the wrong person. This, this king can't do anything when it comes to healing his leprosy. But two, I think that's what people think and then other people do start believing that, that, that we can do those things. So we've got to make sure. So when we see an instance like this, Naaman has a problem. And that problem is he needs to be healed. He needs to be healed of his leprosy. So he needs to find out a way in which that could happen. And he's, he's going to the wrong person when it comes to this. And we've got to make sure we don't do the same. Look in Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 and 9. Remember what Jesus said, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. See, here's what happened. People are searching the wrong way to or going to the wrong source when it comes to their salvation, they're going to traditions. They're going to, this is the way it's always been done. They're going to, uh, well, this is how I've always seen everybody else do it. That, that's what people go to. But we've got to remember, Naaman here, he has a legitimate problem, doesn't he? Do you think this leprosy affects his life? If you were a leopard, how do you think you lived? He's a pretty prominent person. Can you go into worship? Can, can he have a, 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 a be around people? Can you imagine his friends, how close he could get to them? I mean, he's got a legitimate problem, and he recognizes that problem. That is one, one good thing about it. You've got to recognize it. But to heal it, to get rid of it, he, he's going to the wrong person. He went to the king, and I think the reason he does, he has in his mind, okay, if I've got to think of the best, source to do this who's it going to be well it must be a prominent person it's got to be the king no i think he needs to go a little higher up than that doesn't he and that's that's what jesus was saying here he said you you, you worship me in vain because you're teaching for doctrine the commandments of men and if we're not careful we can get individuals to believe there's certain traditions there's certain doctrines that we create that can save individuals and we've got to make sure that we, we don't do that. Notice what Jesus said in John 14 and 6. This pretty well should sum it up. Jesus said to them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through me. There's not any other way, is there? So if I, if I want to be healed, I've got to go to the true physician. 
I, I can't go to, to someone else. You know, if I've got a, a, a problem, as I've heard others say before, if I've got a medical problem, I'm not going to go up down here to Raglan and Riley, you know, trying to fix that, the, the vet. You know, I'm going to go to a legitimate doctor. I'm going to go to someone I know can fix it, and I want the very best that I can have because my health depends upon it. Well, that's the way we need to look at it when it comes to our soul. I, I can't take chances with that. I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to make myself clean. And many people will take a chance because they're afraid what it's going to look like. They're afraid, well, if I don't do it this way, how's that going to look on me? I, I think he wanted some points here for going to the king myself. I think he was worried about how it was going to look. Oh, I'll present myself to the king. Boy, what I, what I, won't I look good there? And it tore the king all the pieces. He said, I can't do anything. Well, what am I supposed to do with you? And see how things can easily get out of control. But here's one that really gets me. Look at verses uh, 10 through 14. Eliza sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the place and heal his leprosy. Now, now let's back up just a little bit. What did Elisha tell him? What did he say for him to do? Go wash in the Jordan, what? Seven times. Do you think he understood that? Right. Right. Exactly. And, and we're going to get into what his perception is. But, but let's, let's look at it from just, just looking into it. When Elijah said, go dip seven times in the Jordan, could this intelligent man understand that? He did, didn't he? He, he absolutely understood what he said. Now, that's the problem. He understood it. It was simple. It was too simple. I think that was the problem. It wasn't what Naaman was thinking. It wasn't what he expected. But it was plain. It was simple. It was easy to understand. That, this, whole, this whole story, this whole event should have stopped like many preachers should have stopped a lot earlier than it did, right? You know, it, it, could have, it could have ended a lot quicker than what it did. It didn't have to drag out as long as it did. Elijah's message was simple. Go dip in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. He wanted to be healed, didn't he? He wanted answers to how to be healed. He wanted instructions of how to be healed. He got them but he didn't want to follow them. I mean, think, think, really think about that. He, he got those instructions, as simple as it was. I could imagine him just pulling up in the driveway. Elijah's messenger come up, yeah, go dip seven times in Jordan, and he walks out. Him just standing there in the driveway. What? I, you don't understand. I, I've got leprosy. <laughs> this is leprosy. There, there's, there, there's, there's a little more to this than a hangnail. You want me to do what? I mean, it just left him with his jaw dropped down, I believe. But, but think about this. Let's, let's think about this for a moment. Look in Romans 10 and 17. 
So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Okay? Where does faith come from? Where does it come from? Hearing the word of God. Is that easy to understand? Is that simple to understand? But people think faith comes from different places. Faith comes from what this particular person said. Faith comes by this particular book that, he, that it said. You know, faith shouldn't be uh, uh, that simple to come by, to be able to obtain. And I think sometimes we think it's more difficult than it is. You know, faith is... Uh, 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 faith is easy and simple to understand how to get. And we make it just as complicated as it possible. I was having a conversation actually with somebody yesterday and it, it, talking about kind of preaching or things. And sometimes preachers can make what they're saying or the subject they're saying a whole lot more complicated than what it actually is, ain't it? You ever listen to somebody, you're probably saying that right now, I'm sure. <laughs> But you ever listen to someone and you think, I thought I understood that, but I have no idea what it's talking about now. You know, they said they were going to explain it, but now I have no idea what they're talking about. It's clear as mud now. We, we make it more complicated than it needs to be. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no, and that's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be yes, but I need to kind of explain this. Some things do, but not everything. When it comes to salvation... Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. It's simple. Sometimes we just don't want to accept it. Go on, Ben. Now notice. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Okay, my faith comes by hearing. If I don't believe, in, believe that, if I don't believe in him, what's going to happen? I'm going to die in my sins. If I don't believe, I'm going to die in my sins. Is that simple? Is that plain? Is that easy to understand? I mean, I know this sounds simple, and you think this is kindergarten stuff. It is. It, 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 it's simply, you think God's going to make something that our eternity is going to count on hard? I mean, really, do you think he's going to do you think he's that unloving that he's not going to make it to where we can understand it so we can be with him for eternity? I need to be healed of my sins. Why don't I accept this? I can understand it. It's not a matter of understanding it. It's a matter of accepting it. Now notice, I tell you, nay, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. If I don't repent, what's going to happen? I'm going to perish. Matter of fact, that's so simple, he says it again in verse 5. Just in case we missed it. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If I don't repent, I'm going to perish. So what does that tell me? Logically, what would that tell me? I better repent. I mean, it's simple. Notice also. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will deny before my Father which is in heaven. What does that tell me I've got to do? Confess. If I don't confess him now, he won't confess me then. I mean, you see a pattern here? <laughs> you know, we, we get sometimes in, in the church, we get accused, oh, y'all are just five-steppers. Y'all are just this, you're this. I think the simpler the better, isn't it? 
you know, I, I need to make it, you know, I need it easy to understand. You know, I, I hear people say, I just, I just don't study the Bible because I just don't understand it. Uh, yeah. I tell you, sometimes we can be, and I'm not knocking education by any means, but sometimes we think we can outsmart what the Bible is. It can't be that simple. I've got to figure out something. I've got to figure out the codes that are in there. You know, here, let's, let's uncode the Bible. Now, there's a lot of difficult things that God hadn't revealed everything to us, and we can argue them all we want to in the Bible. We can discuss them. We can debate them. But when it comes to salvation, healing me of my sins, it's as simple as it can be. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. Isn't that what Jesus said the Pharisees were doing? They standing on the street corner using their big words in prayer. Oh, look at me, look at me. When it comes to prayer, they thought you had to be on the street corner. They thought you had to wail. They thought you had to use big words. You know what Jesus said? Go in your closet and pray. Just go pray to God. He'll reward you openly. Or perishing. Mm-hmm. You may seem foolish to dip seven times in pure leprosy or to look upon a bronze serpent to be healed. It's foolishness to those who are perishing because it seems so simple and has nothing to do with it, but you do it because God said to do it. And that's where faith comes in. Exactly. And, and I, that's a good point, Chris. I, I believe God does it that way. This is my opinion. I believe he does it that way to, to as they say, uh, kind of cur out who don't want to accept it. You think you're too good for me? You think you don't need it? You know, like you said, I came to seek and save that's lost. I came to heal the sick. Those that are well don't need a physician. You think you don't need me? Okay, I'll go the ones who, who know they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's right. Sometimes we think we can outsmart it. It can't be that simple. It can't be that way. Notice also, uh, uh, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, what do we have to do? Repent, be baptized. Why? For the remission of my sins. There's more debate over that little word for than anything i ever seen. Ace, you know, it, it, well, is it because you've been forgiven or is it, you know, for? It is what it says. And you say, well, you have to make sure you take the right translation. You have to make sure you take the right. I mean, we can get into all of this debate, but it says what it says. That's like uh, they talked about a debate one time. They were debating salvation, and the guy got up, read Acts 2.38, and then sat down. That's all he did. Then the next guy got up and he talked for 40 minutes about everything. Sat down, the other guy got up, looked back, said, yep, Acts 2.38 is still in there, and sat back down. I mean, what, what more do you really have to say? It, it's as simple as it can be. 1 John 1 and 7. Walk in the lies, he is in light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. Uh, his son cleanses you from all your sins. I continue to walk in that light. He continues to cleanse me. I don't walk in that light. There's not a continued cleansing. See, see how simple this is? It's the same thing as naming. Elisha come out, or his message to come out, dip seven times in the Jordan, you'll be healed. 
It's easy to understand. God tells us this is how to wash away your sins. This is how you become a child of God. But we don't want to accept it. Now, let's read a little farther and we'll see why, and we see why that we don't. Verses 11 and 12, But Naaman became furious, went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. That's the problem. I thought. I thought it was going to be like this. See, when we come to God, we've got to humble ourselves. I may have thought a lot of things on how to do it, yeah, it, it, here's how I think it ought to be. It, it ought to be this some great event because what does that do? That brings, that shines a light on me. I'm doing some great thing. And obeying the gospel is a great thing. But you can do it in a useless way if you don't do it the way that God said. But we're just like Naaman. We say, well, I thought it should be this way. See, the problem wasn't he didn't understand it. The problem was he thought he was smarter than that because he thought it was going to be some other way and it wasn't and we do the exact same thing we think we're smarter than that we think we're better than that I thought it was this way and we're too prideful to change the way that we think we, we, we go into Bible study that way. We go into a lot of things that way. I think it's this way, and I'm, if it's not that way, I'm not going to accept it. That's why the Bible's hard to understand. We have preconceived ideas of how we think it's going to be already. And I'm speaking for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty stubborn individual. If I get something in my mind, it's hard for me to change it that way. It's hard for me to accept that there's another way. But that's why Jesus said you've got to deny yourself. If I don't deny myself, then I'm not going to go any farther with it. So Naaman, it said he became furious. Now think about it. Think about how really silly this is. Naaman's got leprosy. I can't imagine what the life would be like with leprosy. I mean, I just can't imagine that. He finally goes to where he believes it's going to happen. Messenger comes out, dip seven times in the Jordan, you'll be healed, and walks away. He's got the answer, but he's mad at the answer. If I had leprosy, I believe I'd do whatever they told me to do. But actually, I don't know. I think I'd be a Naaman. I think I would kind of be upset because it was that simple. I would think, well, if it's that simple, why didn't I do this a long time ago? If it's that simple, then, you know, here I have lived this way and it's this simple? I think he's not just furious with the answer. I think he's furious with, with everything around it. I think he's finally come to the realization maybe he's not quite as smart as he thought he was. Or he would have already had this done. He would listen to the one who knew before. I mean, I'd say there's a lot of motions there. And that happens with someone obeying the gospel the same way. I think... We, the problem is not understanding it. The problem is accepting it. And we all don't accept it for different reasons. Sometimes we think we're smarter. Sometimes we're too prideful. Sometimes we don't want to admit that we were wrong. Sometimes we're even embarrassed that, that we didn't know it to begin with. I, I think there's a lot of emotions. You know, I always think about uh, John 8 and 32. You shall know the truth and truth shall make you free. It makes us free, but boy, it's, it, it's a process before you get there. A lot of emotion tied to it. There's anger, there's distress, there's sorrow. There's, there's a lot of things that the truth will do to us. 
before it sets us free because we don't let it. We, we, we just don't let it. So Naaman here, he gets this answer. It, it, it's easily understood. He, he just, he won't accept it. Jeremiah 10, 23. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man that walketh to direct his steps. It doesn't matter what Naaman thought. He didn't have the answer. He couldn't direct his own path. He couldn't heal his leprosy. So it didn't matter what he thought. It didn't matter how he felt about it. He couldn't heal it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't direct himself to the right place. Proverbs 14 and 12. There's a way that seemeth right unto men, but the end, therefore, are the ways of death. You know, he named these other rivers. He said, there, there's better rivers along the way. We're going to have to pass these up. What, what would have happened if he dipped in those rivers? Wouldn't have been healed. Wouldn't have done no good. You know, he'd had dipped seven times in the Jordan. Six times wasn't enough. Eight times is too many. You know, he could have got to the Jordan and said, well, you know. And, and think about it. He could have said one time, couldn't he? But he said seven times. So seven times, what did he do? They, he could have criticized it like people do. You know, like, like Chris was saying, that people just won't, won't, won't accept that, won't, won't do it that way. God could have chose a lot of different ways, couldn't he, to save us. But he chose it the way he said to do it. It may look foolishness to us. It may seem foolishness to us. We, we may think it's the craziest thing ever was. But it's what God said to do. Everything we do is because God says to do it that way. I would love to come in here and see milk and chocolate cake on this every Sunday morning. I, I'm telling you, I, I'd do it. I'd even become a one-cupper if I could take a good swig of milk with it. I'd be fine with that. But that's not the way God said to do it. And it may not seem right to us. I may not have to understand all his reasonings it's got to be that way. All I need to know, that's the way he said to do it. And I've got to accept it. I've got to swallow my pride. I've got to you know, swallow everything that I did. I've got to deny myself, humble myself, and follow what he says. Naaman didn't do that to begin with. But, you know... He, to his credit, he did listen. He had, to, he had to get through his emotions before, before he would, uh, but he did listen. Look at uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, or no, Matthew 7. For it's written, you can go back, yeah. Uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, so enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, can you imagine us being like these individuals arguing with God on the day of judgment? But Lord, hadn't we cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, done all of these things in your name? He said, depart from me, you that work at lawlessness. I never knew you. He's not talking about wicked people here. He's talking about religious people here who thought they were doing what they thought was right. They thought they were doing something in his name, but it wasn't the way that he said. Not everyone says unto me, Lord, Lord, so in the kingdom of heaven, but he who doeth the will of my Father. Not my will, not what I thought somebody else was smarter than me told me to do, but his will. That's as simple, about as simple as it can be. Um, Look at verse uh, 13, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13. And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean, 
He's telling him, okay, if he'd come out and put on a show, wouldn't you have done it? That's what you wanted. Well, how much more when he tells you this? Why wouldn't you just do what he says? Look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 19. It says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. I mean, think about it. Everything God has done is different than what people expected. You know, you even think of, and they should have known better because he told them that's how it's going to come, but that's the problem that most people had with Jesus, especially the Pharisees, is he's standing right in front of them, but that's not how they thought he should be. That's not how the king should be. That's not how the Messiah, the Savior, that's not what he should look like. That He should come in glory. He should be standing here and patting us on the back and say, Oh, what a wonderful job you've been doing. Oh, isn't this great? Oh, you've really been teaching. Look at all the sacrifices you made. Look how wonderful you are. That's what they were expecting. But that's not what he gives them. But he gave them exactly what he said he would. Jesus was exactly what he was prophesied he was going to be. They just thought and wouldn't accept that it was something. They thought it was going to be something else. Yeah, yeah, I know what the prophecy said. We've studied it. We're, 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 we're learned people. Then why didn't you notice it? One of them, what is it, cut off your nose, spot your face kind of things? You know, we, and I, I always try to be careful when I do this. I do it, but I try to be careful when I do it, especially if I'm preaching. You know, here's, here's what the verse says, and here's what it means. You got to be careful when you throw in that here's what it means <laughs> because you better make sure that's what it means. And sometimes as a preacher, you can take a verse because you're preaching a certain topic. You can take a verse that mentions that topic, has that word in it, and you can use it for your lesson and it may not mean anything of what you're talking about in the context that it's done. You got to be careful with that. And, you know, you got to have, that's why I always, when I'm studying, I always, okay, what does this verse mean to me? What do I think it's saying based on what I, the scriptures I do know that relates to it? What do I think it's saying? And then I, I do, I go through and I try to read a lot of different things on what other people think it says. And one, I'm trying to check, see if, if I've got, if I think I've got it right. And two, you know, I'll, these people I know is a lot smarter than me. They've wrote books and things. And then I get nervous when I don't agree with them. But I, I have to think, until I can see this otherwise, I'm going to have to go with how I think it is. No matter what some learned person says, you know, I'll do the best that I can. We've got to be careful. Sometimes we can outthink it, but it's the foolish things, as Chris was saying, that God uses that the world looks at and says, Jesus died on the cross to save humanity? That's the most foolish thing there is. That's what Paul said. The, the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But us, it's eternal life. Because we, many in the world of darkness, think it's too much.
yeah, we, we, we'll twist it. And I think a lot of times because we want to make ourselves feel But I've had people come up and ask me, and, and I have to say to some extent I've done this, but I've had people come up and ask me a particular Bible question. And as we're talking about, what do you think about this verse, Ronald? And I'll, we'll read that verse, and, and I'll talk to him about it. And sometimes they, they look pleased, and sometimes they look really disappointed. If they look, you know, and here's the reason why. Because they may have asked 20 preachers before they asked me, and they didn't like the answer they got. Yeah, they're looking for what they want it to be. They're looking for somebody who's going to agree with it to make their self feel better. Sometimes I, I look at them and they're like, well, that's what I thought too, but they'll name several other preachers that said, oh, they said that was different. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Let me think about that. Or they'll say, well, you just said what they said, you know, or something. And I tell you, it's been on uh, the same thing. It, 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 most of the time it was concerning marriage, divorce, and remarriage. I've had people come and ask me, and I said, well, the verse is plain. This is what it says. Matthew 19, it says this. I can't change what it says. Yeah, but this person said it says this, but it really means this. Or Well, no, but it says this. And as long as it says this, this is how I'm going to, to teach it. This is how I'm going. And there's some things, I'll be honest, you won't hear me preach from the pulpit right now because I've not come to a full understanding of it. I know what I believe it says. I know what I believe it, it, that it should be, but I'm not comfortable of placing somebody else's soul in there too. I'm still studying on it too. I, I have some issues with it. Um, so we've got to be really careful. We've got to understand that sometimes the problem is we think it's too simple and we've got to, uh, got to add a little more fluff to it, I guess. Look at verse 15, and we'll end with this. And he returned to the man of God, he and his aides, and came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, please take a gift from your servant. Now, I added this, and not because necessarily I thought Naaman was trying to buy his cleanliness. Uh, I think he genuinely was happy and wanted to give a gift. That, that's how I think this is. But the prophet refused it. But I wanted to mention this because I think sometimes we think in our Christian life, or even becoming a Christian, sometimes we think we can grease the wheels a little bit. You know, we can uh, uh, do, we might, because we add a little money, more money to the plate, we think, one, we might can get away with a little more, or we have a little more influence, or we have a little more. There used to be a, a gentleman, one place I was at, just every once in a while, he'd come out, shake my hand, and they'd be a finely just, Little, 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 folded up, folded up, real little, $100 bill in his hand that he put in my hand while he was shaking my hand. Come out. He did that. He did that several times. And uh, I was excited. I'm like, you know, I'm a young preacher. I thought, wow, $100 for that must have been a good lesson, you know. But as I got to know this person, I think it was more to the lines of, okay, uh, I'm fine with you as long as you stay away, away from certain things preaching. Or I'm fine with you long. Maybe this will help you do that. I won't say he ever come right out and said it, but that's always the feeling I got from him, you know. Um, and we got to be careful when we start thinking we can do that. I can remember somebody was going to come to a congregation that time, and one of the elders even came up to me and said, we've got so-and-so coming today. What are you preaching on today? We don't want to offend them. They, they'll put a lot of money in. That's the exact word. They'll put a lot of money in today. They, they're loaded. And I'm like, 
Okay, what's going to offend them? I don't know them. I don't know their life. You know, I'm going to preach what I prepared to preach. You know, I, I don't know who this person is. You know, so if it fits them, it fits them. If they put a dollar in or they put $500 in a day, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm not going to try to be offensive, but I'm not going to shy away from because of that. And I think sometimes we can do that. We can think that we can buy our way out of sin or out of the situations that we're in. Again, I know this was a story that I'm, I know we're all familiar with, but maybe it just gave us, gave us a little, little more things to think about when it comes to, to our own life.